welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire. Japuma! What's up, brother man? Welcome into Podcast 135 Super Wild Card Weekend Preview. Now that's a hell of a marketing name. Mm-hmm. Super Wild Card Weekend. I feel like that's something straight out of like Cartoon Network or whatever. But dude, we're here. It's the playoffs. I mean, definitely didn't have Brock Purdy leading the 49ers to the NFC West title. Uh, Definitely did not have the Giants in the playoffs on my bingo card. And who knows if Lamar Jackson is going to actually start this playoff game. And we'll definitely be getting into that one. But how are you feeling about this playoff slate? I'm good, man. I'm excited. I'm really stoked. There's a bunch of really good games. And... um... You know, I've, I was thinking about this the other day when I was watching the Week 18 games and I was watching Miami, Steelers, and the Patriots all duke it out for the last playoff spot. And I'm thinking to myself, do we really need that seventh seed? <laughs> you know yeah, right. Because I, I used to be that guy that was like, oh, man, more football is better. The more football, the better, right? But now it's become this thing where, like, the seventh seed is going to get in and just get absolutely pummeled by the number two seed. Um, same thing in college football, like, you know, the 12 team playoff is coming, but it's not really going to help anything in regards to the disparity between the top and the bottom. So, I mean, like, listen, I'm excited. I'm going to watch all these games no matter what, but I'm watching those games. and I'm thinking to myself, do I really want the Patriots to get in and get pummeled again? Do I really want to see a tourless Miami Dolphins team get pummeled? Like, actually, actually, I mean, even the Steelers, like they're coming around, but like still like my God. Yeah, yeah, Week 18 was definitely bizarro world. I mean, especially for, like, me, the Dolphins fan, because I, I, honestly, Jay, you know, you asked me offline, like, oh, how do I feel about the game? And I straight up told you, like, I feel like we're going to lose. And God damn it, dude, like, we sounded like the Amazon truck backing up the driveway getting in the playoffs. And, you know, I get it. It's Skylar Thompson. You know, he did what he could. But, I mean, my God, like, that game was taking years off my life. It was like getting your teeth pulled with, you know, with pliers. Yeah, I mean, let's just talk about that game. Let's throw it on the subject, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, you guys have backed your way into the playoffs. You guys lost, was it five or six straight in a row? Uh, five. Five in a row. You needed to have some help along the way as well in, in week 18. You needed the Patriots to lose. And obviously the Patriots lost to the Buffalo Bills and you needed to win. And when it's the fourth quarter and it's 6-6, I'm thinking to myself, my God, this game is so brutal to watch. Because I was kind of keeping an eye on it, right, in the background. I'm watching the Patriots-Bills. Obviously everybody's watching that because of the DeMar Hamlin uh, situation and how the Bills are going to react. But I'm watching that game and I'm watching Scott Thompson and I'm watching Joe Flacco. And I'm like, oh my God, I want nothing to do with that game. So, you know, I'm glad you guys won. I'm glad you guys got in. And, and obviously the, the big question on everybody's mind is, is Tua going to play? play right at the end of the day this team is completely different with Tua in there and healthy than when there's Scott Thompson or Terry Bridgewater or whoever it is in there so the main the main question it comes down to this weekend is obviously the two big quarterback questions is Tua and is Lamar Jackson gonna play and let's talk about Tua first what's the latest you're hearing about Tua uh the latest is we haven't and while, heard anything and while about you do Tua. that I'm gonna crack my Budweiser <laughs> there you go. Crack open a cold one. Uh, the latest news is there really isn't any news. He, you know, Monday, Mike McDaniel was at a presser and, you know, he informed the media that he has not cleared the concussion protocol yet. Uh, he was hopeful to have an update, you know, you know, tomorrow, which is Wednesday. Uh, if you're listening to this on, uh, you know, January 10th when we're recording it, um, the line movement is starting to suggest possibly that, you know, Tua might come back, and I think if he does come back, this line's going to drop for you know further down to probably Dolphins plus seven. But if it's like Teddy Bridgewater, it's probably going to go back up to plus ten. If it's Skylar Thompson, look at Dolphins plus fourteen, like in a cocaine heartbeat. Personally, I think Tua is going to be coming back for this game. That was always you know the you know the plan. Granted, it's the plan you know factoring potentially factoring in him clearing the concussion protocol. But, like, at, at the end of the day, like, he's he's one hard hit on the turf away from just going out of this game anyway. So, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be something to watch. I, I wonder what they would do, like, protection-wise, you know, if, they're, if Tua is in the game. Like, are they going to go a little bit more max protect, which is going to be interesting because Gasecki can't block. Uh, so, you might see more of uh, the other tight end. I believe his name is Smythe. Uh, you know, I could be wrong. Just my apologies. Don't really know the second uh, string tight end. Uh, I know he's more of a blocking tight end than uh, the Gasecki, that's for sure. 
Um, but, you know, that's kind of how I would look at it is like, are they going to dial back the offense a little bit to go max protect and have more alignment on the field? But then the other issue is, you know, the Bills can be beaten on the ground. I've been beating that drum for the last couple of weeks now. But the issue is the one time we actually had a running game look good, Raheem Mostert broke his thumb. So he's going to be questionable for this game. This might be the, you know, Jeff Wilson, uh, Salvin Ahmed game, uh, potentially. But like weather-wise, it looks like it's going to be okay. It's only going to be in the 30s. They're really not calling for snow. So weather shouldn't be a factor. All that being said, like I'm going with Buffalo in this game. Like if Tua plays, I think he'll keep it close. But you know, if I'm going to bet this game, I'm, I'm going to take the Bills in a money line parlay for once. It's one of my best bets. So you ready for the first big surprise of the uh, podcast? You're gonna ha- you're gonna go with the Dolphins winning in the road if Tua Tungavaloa is healthy. And if Tyreek is healthy, because remember he popped up with that hamstring or ankle or whatever it was in that game, mm-hmm. if those two are healthy, I'm taking the Miami Dolphins to win that game. Now, that's a big if, if he's healthy. Now, obviously, if he's not, if they trot out there Scott Thompson or trash Bridgewater, it's it's not going to matter. The Bills are going to like annihilate them off the field. But I, I just have a... I have a bad feeling about this Bills team. Uh, it's been nagging at me for about six weeks now, and, and I can't seem to shake it. Uh, you know me. I'm, I'm a huge Josh Allen fan now. I love the guy. And, and I have ingratiated myself with him even more this past week with how much of a great leader he was in the locker room, you know, saying all the right things after DeMar Hamlin incident. And thank God DeMar Hamlin is, is back out of the hospital out of UC. He's back in Buffalo. There's a care team up there watching him. So it looks like he's on the, on the mend. So that, that's obviously great news, but you know, I gained so much respect for Josh Allen, but, but, but I can't, I can't shake the fact that this guy, is a complete moron when it comes to the red zone. Like, uh, he, he threw another pick against the, the Patriots. I'm thinking to myself, we're going to win this freaking game. When he threw that pick, I was I was convinced we're going to win that game. And the only reason why we won that we lost that game is because Naheem Hines. Like, Naheem Hines is mm-hmm. two touchdowns that went back, which is 14 points. Uh, the final score was 35-23. Take us 14 points away. It's 23-21. Like, obviously, that's simplification of the whole game. But what I'm saying is you can't count on Naheem Hines giving you two touchdowns in a playoff game. And I, like I said before, if you're one team in the regular season, you're not going to completely change where you're on the postseason. And this team, the Buffalo Bills offense, is a is a turnover waiting to happen. And, and I promise you, if Tua plays, this game is going to be much closer than people think in the fourth quarter. I would buy that if the Dolphins were even like middle of the pack in generating turnovers. They are bottom of the league right now, even with Xavier Howard out there. I, you know, I get what you're saying. I just have zero faith in the Dolphins generating a turnover, even if he does have a lapse of judgment in the red zone. Yeah, and but the thing is, though, like, we've seen Josh, like, obviously I get it. Like, there's times where he'll get a hit and he'll throw the ball up, right? But there's times where he's rolling out and he'll throw right to a defender. It's mm-hmm. happened on multiple times this year where he is throwing balls that he has no business throwing with no pressure on him, and he throws an interception. So that's what I'm saying is, like, you guys don't have to be great at generating pressure. The guy will throw you one. Like, it, it's a given he'll throw you one. He might get two out of it. And, and in a playoff game, when things start to get tight in the fourth quarter, and you guys have already, like, played them real tight, you know, and you guys beat them in Miami and you guys split the series. And up in up in uh, Buffalo about four or five weeks ago, the, the snow came in the fourth quarter and that kind of, you know, was a deciding factor. But I'm just saying, you guys can match up with those guys and I would not be shocked if the Miami Dolphins pull up a win with two are healthy. Now, obviously, if he's not, it's a different story. It's going to be like that TCU-Georgia um, game from last time, maybe over by halftime, you feel me? Yep. So... That's that. That's my my crazy take on the Dolphins. I, I I'm feeling it if if Tua's playing, bro. Okay. I mean, he did. He went toe to toe up there mm-hmm. three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in in the snow at the you know at the end of the game. But I don't know, man. I feel like you know. Can you imagine? I, let's you know, hypothetically speaking, like let's say like Demar Hamlin is you know discharged from the hospital. He's on the sideline for that game. It's either going to do one of two things. It's going to be a you know massive it's going to definitely be a massive emotional spot if he's leading the team out of the tunnel type of deal but like would the bills recover from that type of emotional dump type of deal or are they going to be able to rise above the occasion and i'm kind of leaning towards 
them dropping 70 points on the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I get it, man. At the end of the day, like, you know, I think they'll they'll probably save DeMar Hamlin for when they really need him. Like, I mean, they're not going to... I would say it's going to be... <laughs> yeah. I, would, I, was, I would say it's going to be DeMar Hamlin comes out when the Bengals come to town. Exactly, right? Yeah, so, you know, that, that'd be awesome. That'd be a great sight to see. By the way, speaking of great sights, like, that kickoff return for a touchdown within the you first... You couldn't script it. Within the first, like, 30 seconds, like, I mean, the ball gets kicked off. He takes it back for a touchdown. That place, like, chilled down my spine. That place went berserk. It was mm-hmm. it was an absolutely great sight to see, man. Yep. It was uh, definitely an emotional release for sure. I mean, I think Josh Allen was all of us on the sideline uh-huh. where he has the coat on. Uh-huh. And, you know, he, take, like, he th- pretty much throws <laughs> it off, putting his hands on the side of his helmet. That's fun. So that'll be fun to watch. All right, let's move on to the San Fran- I'm sorry, the Seattle Seahawks traveling down to the Bay Area to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, quite the matchup uh, in the regular season. I believe they split the the series, correct? Or did San Francisco win both those games? I believe they split because wasn't one of the games when Trey Lance was in there. Mm, yeah, I believe so. I believe I'm so. like I'm ninety percent sure they split. The last time they played, it was 49ers. You know, yeah, minus three. On Thursday Night Football, yeah. and they absolutely demoed the Seahawks. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, the, the Cinderella story is, is continuing, right? We've got Brock Purdy, who is now 5-0. and And seems like, I mean, listen, there's still a lot of football left to be played, but it looks like this kid's a baller. Like, Mr. Irrelevant is now all of a sudden Mr. Relevant. So, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Brock Purdy is able to do in a pressure-packed playoff situation. It's a different ball game now. We all know how in the regular season it's, it's a different intensity than in the postseason. So, good game. I'm looking forward to this very physical game. I, I think at the end of the day, the 49ers are obviously a more talented team uh, like top to bottom that roster is stacked uh nick bose is gonna win defensive player of the year like i mean george kittle is trying to come alive and it looks like he's become the safety blanket for purdy the running game is always there for the 49ers and, and i think it's gonna be hard for the seahawks to to win in in, uh, in the bay area but you know there's always that possibility of something going haywire right at the end of the day this is the super wild card weekend where we did see uh marshall lynch go up <laughs> go up and take down the uh the new orleans saints in the in the beast quake game so you can never put it past them, but I don't see any way really where the 49ers lose, lose this game. Me either. I got the 49ers as you know, best bet on two angles. One is them laying nine and a half points. Uh, the line came down earlier today. It was 49ers minus 10, dropped down to nine and a half. And I also have the 49ers as the second leg of my uh, best bet parlay. So, you know, with all that being said, the Seahawks, you know, the, the, the rookie class, I think that, you know, we've said it, you know, Pretty much all season, the podcast, this, the rookie class has done an exceptional job. And, you know, Geno Smith has probably been one of the best stories in the NFL right now. And is probably going to win comeback player of the year. I would be more shocked if he did not win comeback player of the year. With all that being said, and to your point about a playoff game, Jay, like there have been times this season where, you know, things start to snowball in the Seahawks game and Geno may or may not start getting a little bit erratic with the football not, you know, not taking care of it. Honestly, I believe we saw that, you know, the last time these guys played on Thursday Night Football where the 49ers just absolutely boat raced them. And, uh, you know, that was Purdy going up on the road uh, in, you know, the 12s neighborhood, and he absolutely shut them down with the with the, his performance on the offensive side of the ball and the defense handled their business. You know, it's at home at Levi. I give an edge in the coaching matchup to, you know, Kyle Shanahan, uh, they're just going to run the hell out of this football between Christian McCaffrey, who is probably the healthiest he's been since getting drafted out of Stanford. And it's also his first taste of the playoffs, too. And Elijah Mitchell coming back from the knee injury. Debo Samuel. It's going to be all hands on deck. You know, every every gun is loaded in this, uh, in this matchup here. I mean, give me the 49ers, you know, easily. Just lay the nine and a half. And if you want to do a parlay, you can string that together. With the 49ers, the Buffalo Bills, and then we'll be getting to my other team later on in the uh, the preview. But give me the 49ers all day. Yeah, and like I've uh, obviously I'm a big time fan of the parlays, but I've realized um, seven, eight, nine leg parlays. Aren't oh, really- now you listen to me. <laughs> aren't oh, now you see the goddamn light. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying I'm going away from them. I'm just gonna say that. Now I have a rule that I try to go three to four legs parlays, like nothing more than that. Okay, like I was sweating it out with the seven legger I did this past weekend, and I'm just realizing that seven, eight leg parlays are the quickest way to lose your money. 
Yeah, you don't say, Jay. I've only been saying that since. You I know, wish you would have told me betting. earlier. I wish you would have. I you did. Earlier. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. You would be like, Brandon, stop being a bitch. <laughs> yeah, shut up. That, that, I want to hear you crying about. Oh, seven eight legs is just burning my cash. <laughs> that is something. Parlays for say. life. P for L. <laughs> I want to hear shit. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, now, Jay, Jay. Yes. No disrespect to the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. But is it me or do you think like the, the Lions 49ers would have been a better matchup? Absolutely. Because that's kind of where I'm at in life. 100%. 100%. I, I wanted to watch the Lions get in, man. I, I love Dan Campbell, man. That, that buffoon has, has worked me over, man. And he is, you know what? Like, the balls in that guy to go for a fourth down late in that game in Green Bay, I was like, oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. let's get in. I really wish they would have gone in because, to be real with you, Jared Goff's quietly has been playing the best football out of all quarterbacks for the past like eight yep. weeks. He he outplayed yep. Aaron Rodgers on the football field in Lambeau this past weekend. And that defense is playing well too. Like in the beginning of the year, the Achilles heel of this team was that defense was just god awful. Like it was just bad. And they had to fire a defensive backs coach and they retooled some stuff. But Aaron Glenn finally got it together. And that kid, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, that guy is is doing a, a marvelous job with uh, with that offense. So, I, mm-hmm. I, I just like you, I wish the Lions would have gone in. Um, it's unfortunate they didn't, um, but, you know, it is what it is. Not going to lie, I was pretty pissed at the TV when Baker Mayfield threw that pick. Mm-hmm. I was like, you had to put air under the ball. Mm-hmm. You could just drive it down the field. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's fine. Lions put it on the put it on the board. NFC North champions next year. I wouldn't be Let's shocked. Go. I would not, would be, not shocked. be shocked with, with how Joe Goff is playing. If he can keep continuing this, oh my god, dude, those guys are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to one of the marquee games of the Super Wild Card Weekend slate. That's a mouthful. The Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, and obviously the biggest headline is Lamar Jackson. Will he play? Seems like indications are, you know, reports are coming out that maybe he will play. And even if he does play, then the question begs, you know, how good will he look? It's been like six, seven weeks since he's played football. So uh, right off the bat, gut feeling. Do you think Lamar Jackson's playing this game? Gut feeling, no. I don't think so. Mm. I think I think the line is starting to reflect that as well, too, because you would figure, I mean, it's Ravens plus seven. I figure that might be closer, probably inside of six and a half. Uh if you know Lamar Jackson was playing, I think the market is just like waiting for it to officially happen. Of Ravens, you know, plus seven, but the total has been coming down uh, pretty much all day today. Uh, it's it was at at one point I believe it was at forty four, uh, depending on what book you're at. I mean, on DraftKings, the unofficial official sports book of the pod, it's at forty two. Uh, so I'm anticipating either Huntley playing or who was that? Who was the third? The third string guy that was so bad. He was throwing like three interceptions in Anthony that. Anthony Brown, last, I believe that's his name. Yeah. Anthony Brown Jr. Uh, one of those two guys is going to be playing, uh, in my opinion, I, I have the Bengals as the best bet. They're the third leg of my money line parlay. So I got the Bengals, Bills and 49ers in there for, Probably the biggest bet I've done in a long time. Uh, How so big is the bet? we're talking three figures. No, uh, 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 no, 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 okay. no. Right. You know, but I granted, like you know, I don't normally drop you know fifty, seventy five dollars on anything, mm-hmm. and that's how much I got in this fucking parlay right Damn, now. If you okay. if you're on DraftKings, you string that together, it's minus one eleven. Fifty dollars will pay ninety six. So you know, let's go. Uh, so, but no, before, I, before I have we, the Bengals. Before we get off the gambling thing, obviously I'm new to this. I've only been gambling for about a week now since Ohio has let it uh, has officially passed it and it's officially available to us. Like how how do gambling like sites or sports book get information? Like do they have intel within the NFL? Is it a guess? Is it like I always hear how like you know uh the money line is moving so they it's indicating he's not playing like you just said that. So how does that work in the back end? Uh I think it, it you know it kind of works how you know you uh you have Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport like so all these books they have they have their No 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 no. They have their own sources within within each team. You know they have the, the injury reports and whatnot. It's it's pretty much how Schefter and, and Ian Rappaport work, uh. and especially you know these guys. You know that each book has their own like risk manager, so they're not going to set a number that's going to have them get burned. I mean, plus seven right now. 
it indicates to me that the market is 50-50 at best of whether or not Lamar Jackson is going to play. If Lamar does play, I anticipate this line to come down a tick. Uh, you know, probably not a whole lot because of the knee injury, uh, but definitely shouldn't be getting seven points. I think Lamar would keep it closer than that. But, you know, if one of the two backups is in there, I see this line shooting through. You know, it, it might get to 10 at one point. I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. But the Bengals are just firing on all cylinders. They're the hottest team in the NFL right now, uh, you know, including that game that was, you know, scrubbed because of the Hamlin incident. Uh, but I, I just – I don't think the, the defense for the Ravens, as quasi-elite they were in the beginning of the season, and then, you know, Calais Campbell started getting dinged up and the secondary started getting dinged up. I just think it's way too much firepower for the Ravens to handle. And even if Lamar was in there, I'm still taking the Bengals. Yeah, spot on. Same here as well. Uh, Lamar or no Lamar, I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals to win this game. Uh, The Bengals, like you just said a few seconds ago, the last two months have been playing out of their minds. Like they are by far the best team in the AFC, and that's including Kansas City and Buffalo. Um, And even that game when it started, when the DeMar Hamlin incident happened, like they went right down the field, they had a touchdown, 7-3, I'm like, all right, it's off the races, right? So they're playing really good football. They, it's going unsaid, but that defense quietly is so underrated. Like, especially with how... They don't have any big names on that defense, so obviously like there's no Nick Bosa or Chase Young that you kind of like latch on to. But mm-hmm. like as a collective unit, they play as one, and that's the most dangerous defense. Is one that like have been together for a while. They pay like they have like a hive mind almost. They're kind of thinking, well, you know, what, what someone else is thinking. And so it's 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 very nice to see their defensive, um, you know, effort the last few few weeks. And obviously the offense is the offense. They're they're really good. I mean, we all know about Jamar Chase and and Joe Burrow and Higgins and all those boys. So they're gonna put up points. Mine Minus that second half they played in New England where they basically kind of gave up and they were just kind of like freeballing it for a little bit. They right now are by far the best team in the AFC and Lamar Jackson or no Lamar Jackson. It's it's definitely, it's a Bengals win, right? Now, the quick question for you actually, I, I saw that Roquan Smith, a guy that's been in that buff, uh, the Baltimore Ravens locker room for six weeks now, has just signed the highest paid uh, line was it outside linebacker deal of all time. I think it was just position. This is a linebacker right, yeah. position as a whole. I wonder how Lamar Jackson's feeling about that. I wonder how Lamar Jackson saw that pop up and said, "This guy's been here for six weeks and he's already getting this this contract." Well, that's what happens when you know. No, no disrespect to Lamar for being his own agent, but like this deal should have been done like at training camp. Like there's. This and this is why is he's been dinged up, uh, you know he's got the knee injury and that was always kind of everybody's concern for how you know Lamar's style of play. It's not like he takes a lot of big hits. Personally, I think he's actually smart with the football when he runs with it, uh, not like Cam Newton who you know was built like a brick shit house and would just try to maul through people, a la Josh Allen right now. Uh, but I felt like Lamar was always smart with the ball. But, you know, the big concern was, is the body going to hold up? And this is the first big instance of, oh, he's got a knee injury. Like, you know, what's going to happen down the road, X, Y, Z? Like, this deal should have been done at training camp. This is why ownership has kind of dragged this out. And, you know, Lamar being his own agent, I you know, let it play out to a certain extent. And this clears the deck for, okay, if we don't hammer out a deal by the time it's franchise tag time, we're just going to franchise tag you and you're not going to turn turn down that guaranteed cash and you're not going to let that toll so you don't hit free agency next year if they don't tag you. Uh, so this is the hand that's kind of been played from the Lamar camp and I think this is going to have an effect on contract value moving forward. Like, do I think he's an upper echelon quarterback total talent-wise? Sure. Is Greg Roman potentially holding him back as some people in the Baltimore area are p- painting the picture out to be? Okay, I can meet you halfway there, but there still leaves a lot to be desired with, you know, the passing game. And it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. Is it, you know, Lamar's passing ability or is it Greg Roman just trying to run the football a bunch and get things spread out and just dump everything off to Mark Andrews? I, I think there's a fair debate. I probably would not be surprised if, you know, uh, Greg Roman is not back next season, but that's a discussion for another day. But this is just clearing the decks for Lamar to get franchise tag. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we can have this discussion real quick about Lamar Jackson and his standing with the Ravens. Like, 
I kind of buy the Ravens' apprehension to give mm-hmm. him all that money. Like I, I'm here siding with the Ravens because I'm a Lamar fan. I get it. The guy, the guy's an elite athlete. He he kind of wows us on a weekly basis. But let's call a spade a spade. He's no upper echelon quarterback of the NFL. Like he's not going to be able to take down Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow out of the AFC alone on a consistent basis. So I I think Lamar, while there is a spot for him in the NFL. I think I I believe it's more him than Greg Roman. I think Greg Roman is simply just making sure the kid doesn't ruin himself by throwing 14 picks in a span of four games if we let him air it out in the playoffs. You feel mm-hmm. me? Like, that's that's the mindset. And I've seen this a lot. I mean, we're watching in New England now where the second they let Mac Jones throw a little bit downfield, it's intercepted left and right, right? So you've got to manage him. And, and I think Greg Roman and obviously Harbaugh, they're smart dudes. They're not idiots. They don't, they're, like, they're not going to go into a game plan holding a, a an elite throw from the pocket back but obviously he's not an elite throw from the pocket. He he's got to be able to run the ball and you know have movement and this and that and a, an offense around him that it basically insulates him from making bad mistakes. So are you asking me that kind of guy is worth fifty million dollars a year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. I'm sorry. No, he's not. And I get it. He's hell bent on getting the Deshaun Watson money, but Deshaun Watson, healthy and non-sexual assault aside, is is a very talented throw of the football from the pocket. And Lamar simply isn't that, and he hasn't gotten better over the years. Mm-hmm. No, I can buy that. Yeah. But let's let's be honest though. Like, if they're gonna hash out this contract, like I feel. You know, ownership or, or Harbaugh at some point is going to acquiesce and is going to be like, okay, like if you think Greg Rome is holding you back, well, we'll install, you know, like for example, like Kafka's not going anywhere, but like a Kafka type dude that's going to spread it out and make it push the ball downfield and we're going to see what happens. It'll be a train wreck. It'll be it'll be an absolute train wreck. Like, watch that's where Cliff Kingsbury goes. He'll go to Baltimore. <laughs> Honestly, and you well, know what you the fucked up thing is? I don't think point. I don't think he would be that bad of an offensive coordinator. I know, no. like we talked about that offline. I like but like Cliff, you know, dancing Cliff for everything that he is. Like he could drop, he could drop an offensive scheme. Whether or not Kyler Murray liked it or not is a different discussion. But would I be shocked if? Hey, they you know they give him the bag. It's like okay, we're gonna pay like the guy. Let's see you you know let's see you spread it out more, which is not really Greg Roman's offensive type of game. Like, what is to stop them from having Cliff Kingsbury come in? And they can even go the Bill Belichick route, right, and say he's like an offensive assistant to the head coach. So you don't get the offensive coordinator title. So Arizona is still paying this guy's contract to coach your guy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this Ravens thing shakes out. And I'll, I'll put it this way. Like, Lamar has a decision to make. The decision is, will he play or will he not play? Because now I think we're we're past the injury part. I, I think this is... It was supposed to be two weeks. Yeah. We're, he we're, was supposed to be back week 18. I the latest. By everything that John Harbaugh said, by everything that's been leaked out of, of that camp, it's become evident that it's not an injury thing anymore now it's a contract thing now number one they all this is the same dude that said he's going to stop negotiating in what was it the uh, preseason and make sure they focus on the season right remember all that Mm -hmm. they stopped negotiating for his contract and now all of a sudden in the worst of times when your team needs you the most you're going to go back on your word and decide to not play that would be a a mark or a black eye he's not gonna be able to overcome in his career like this is a defining moment in his career there's gonna be ravens fans out there that are never gonna look at him the same if he's healthy and he let that team basically go out without him on the field and they lost that game so that's key for for lamar jackson he's gonna think about that as well like i get it like at the end of the day you know pay for play you know give me all money it is what it is but if this is something where Lamar Jackson has to sit down and think about it because this could potentially haunt him for the rest of his career if he doesn't go back on the field. Mm-hmm. So, that is going to be interesting to watch Sunday night. I mean, truthfully, I really don't even want to watch Anthony Brown or who is the Todd Huntley out there because like, it's going to be... I mean, regardless, even with Lamar Jackson out there, it's going to be... The Bengals are going to win, but still... Honestly, Jay, if, if Huntley or Brown is out there, the Bengals might cover the over-under by themselves. <laughs> yeah. It's 42. Yeah. I, I, it, it, you know, like, notice it's the professional level. I understand that. You know, personal pride comes into effect here. But, you know, Jay, you said it at the top of this segment. Like... If they played that whole game, and I'm saying this as a Bills backer and a Josh Allen fan, 
I think the Bengals win that game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they they win that, and it, it might have been a convincing fashion. Like, yeah. I I really have that much faith in the Bengals right now. Yeah, we can't underscore just how well Joe Burrow is playing the last two or three months. Like, it's, you see the no look throw that nobody's ooh, talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if Patrick Mahomes did that, we'd have like ESPN. Yeah, we need new pants. Yeah, we'd have ESPN running a loop for like three three days straight. Oh my god, Patrick Mahomes! I hate that yeah. guy so much. Ugh, fuck you, Patrick well, Mahomes. Well, you know, you have Burrow here. He's essentially yeah. Let's you know, go. David to Goliath. Let's so go, let's Burrow. Go. Let's go, Josh Allen. Let's go, anybody but Mahomes, bitch. That's, you know that's, what it is? You know what it is, Jay? Yeah, it, you know, the little Ohio reference here. It's that Athens, Ohio mm-hmm. water, right? Mm-hmm. That's the truth, brother. It's that Athens, Ohio water and the skyline chili. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about it. All right, final game. We've got the Monday Night Football game. Um, dude, just ratings bonanza on this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady versus the Cowboys. This is going to be a, a fun one for all of us to watch. Um, as a resident Brady fan, I would love to come on here, Puma, and beat my chest about Tom Brady in the playoffs. And oh, we're you're going, going the other side. We're going on the run, and Tom Brady's going to get his eighth Super Bowl, as I do every single year. But I, just, I can't lie. I can't lie to you. I can't lie to America. And by America, I mean 35 listeners. But still, I I, I can't lie to you people because I, I just this this Tampa team is just so bad. <laughs> like I mean, we say it every single week, so like I don't have to rehash all of it. But like the the, the run defense, the run offense is so goddamn bad. Like <laughs> like I don't know what to say anymore. 77 yards a game is just it's just so bad in today's NFL. Um, you know, Brady set a record for most attempts and completions, right? Which is a record he <laughs> broke this year. I wonder why. Exactly, right? And the record he broke was of Tom Brady from last year, right? So, like, he held both those years the same record because they can't run the ball. Like, it simply is one way of winning and one way only, and that's Tom Brady airing it out and hoping him and Mike Evans are on the same goddamn wavelength that day. I mean, that's basically in a nutshell, right? So... I, I, I don't see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning this game. Um, now, obviously, if the Dallas Cowboys pull the Dallas Cowboys like they pulled against the Washington Commanders and Dak Prescott throws a pick six and they look like they've never practiced together in their whole life, that's a different story, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if that's going to happen, then the Buccaneers are going to win that game. But my you know the way I see it is when you generally have a bad week like that, you don't have two straight bad weeks in a row. Like, uh, Dallas is going to come in. Dallas is going to come in and probably give it their best effort. And obviously, Jerry Jones probably breathing on their neck. So this game's going to be close. At the end of the day, I just think that this Cowboys team is just far more superior. Um, yes, they've had their issues the last couple of months. Like, the Dallas defense hasn't looked that great um, the last, like, I would say six weeks or so. Um, so I don't know. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game. <laughs> Look at that. We're on the other side of the river. I'm the psycho that thinks. You're not taking only the Buccaneers? Not only do the Buccaneers cover the spread, which I got them at plus three, and it's one of my best bets. The Lions drop down to Bucks plus two and a half at even money on DraftKings. I also have them this game. I have them winning outright. And that being because the Dallas Cowboys, in the words of Stephen A. Smith, are literally an accident waiting to happen. They had to win against Washington, and Philadelphia, I think, needed to lose against the Giants. And, you know, they almost did. But if Dallas handled their business, they would have been the number one seed, and they would have had the first round bye. But Dak Prescott, pretty much ever since he's come back from his injury this season, has had at least one turnover in every game. I guarantee that's going to happen. I think it's going to be a pick six. I think that's going to be the deciding factor. And Tom Brady is going to lead these guys to the divisional round at home in Tampa Bay, you know, and to your point, Jay, like everyone's chirping about Dallas. You have Dan Orlovsky saying it was probably the worst quarterback performance of Dak Prescott's career when against the Washington commanders, which by the way is also towards the bottom of the league in generating turnovers. And they were able to do that against Dallas. I think the Buccaneers would be able to have some success in that front as well, too. Um, You know, I'm, I'm going to take Tom in the playoffs at home uh against the against what the cowboys has happened this one. to puma what has happened wow you know and, and another point too is like the dallas cowboys like at the beginning of the year they were this defensive juggernaut and micah parsons is like you know lawrence taylor 2.0 and you know trayvon diggs is you know Deion sanders light if they have kind of come back down to earth down the stretch mm-hmm. uh for this playoff run 
Uh, you know, I know the Buccaneers offensive line is god awful. We've been banging that drum all season long, but I think they'll be able to withstand some of the pressure to give Brady just enough time to get this ball out to either Kada and or, you know, like you said, Mike Evans and him, maybe they take some ayahuasca out of, you know, Aaron Rodgers' uh, you know, ayahuasca batch and they they get some mind meld going on. Uh, you know, Godwin, I think he just Cross a thousand receiving yards. I think they're going to get him heavily involved in this game too. Uh, you know the Russell Gage injury that might be something to watch because he was also kind of like a safety valve in some extent. Uh, he, I think he left the Falcons game with a lower back injury and it did not look good on the field. So I don't know if he's going to play. But come hell or high water, I think the Buccaneers find a way to squeak out a win. And it's another instance of all those sad, pathetic cowboy fans looking all crying in the <laughs> stands you know i it, it's gonna be how i reacted to france losing in the world cup you know with uh with the tears in the stand and everything and everyone just looking pathetic that is going to be the dallas cowboys and then you're gonna have jerry jones go on the fan down in dallas oh, fort worth being it. like oh uh, well you know you know here here it comes you know we we had a good team and uh you know we gotta we gotta we gotta get to the next step and uh you know mike mccarthy's our guy you know i'm i'm going to support mike all the way this is not mike mccarthy's fault and then three days later, he's going to fire Mike McCarthy because at this point, like you have not done really anything in the playoffs. And the last time I believe you were in the playoffs, you watched that, you know, we should spike the football, but everyone didn't really know what we were doing. And that's how you got bounced out. Nope. If they lose this game, expect Mike McCarthy to be fired by the following weekend. So let's play this out, right? So the, the Cowboys lose, uh, Mike McCarthy gets fired. Does Jerry call Sean Payton? Is that is that the guy that they're targeting? I mean, who else is out there? Is um, is Jim Harbaugh Dallas Cowboy material? Probably not. You probably would need somebody more uh, in line with Sean Payton, who seems to be more collaborative. I know. They played pretty hard for Dan Quinn, and he's getting a lot of buzz right now. Oh, so you think Dan Quinn could be a potential elevation mm-hmm. from... But then, but then, like, in my opinion, that doesn't really change anything. I feel like the structure that's already in place now is going to be there. Oh. I feel like... I don't know, Jay. I feel really? like last year when Dan Quinn took over, because uh, I think, what was it? Mike McCarthy was out with COVID or some nonsense. Um, I felt like that team was managed a little bit better. And even Mike McCarthy was feeling the heat when he wouldn't even call him like the interim head coach because he was out. It was some like wordy, nonsensical, the office episode 500 type of job title for like the assistant manager to the manager type of nonsense. Like it was the most ridiculous thing because Mike McCarthy was starting to feel the heat a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. So so Mike McCarthy gets fired, Dan Quinn, and who else? Is it just Dan Quinn or do you think Sean Payne is in that mix or no? Well, now it's going to come down to do the Saints want to trade him within the conference? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're going to get a, especially like, you know, you're going to get a haul for Peyton regardless, right? Especially well, like with the Saints, probably, yeah. Saints being in like the rebuild that they are. How much do you think that price is going to go up if he's trading it with trading Peyton within the conference? Like, is Dallas going to be willing to pay that when Peyton, I get it, Peyton has always been you know, the guy that Dallas has always wanted. Like, he was kind of a homegrown talent. He was on that coaching staff, I think, when Bill Parcells was there. Uh, So, yeah, they would like to bring Sean Payton home. I believe he lives in Dallas, or one of his kids was playing, you know, Dallas, you know, in the Dallas region uh, for high school and potentially college football, I believe, because I think he's now in college. Um, But is Jerry going to be willing to pay that price? Depending on how bad they lose on Monday, in my opinion, that might be the deciding factor. But I would not sleep on Dan Dan Quinn. Okay, all right, that's interesting. It'll all play out. Uh, okay, well that uh, that about wraps it up for the game previews. Uh, we got some best bets. Yeah, I got some best bets. And speaking of Harbaugh, I want to ask you a Harbaugh question at the end of the episode. Yes, but uh, best bets, I know I was kind of rattling it off uh, while we we're doing game previews, but I just don't have a whole lot of action right now. But like I said, as a recap, I have the 49ers laying nine and a half points against the Seahawks. I also have the 49ers as one leg in my three-leg par- money line parlay. Uh, the next best bet that I have, second leg of the parlay, is Buffalo Bills at home against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I have the Bengals as the third and final leg in that parlay. And let's in the let's get nuts scenario, I have the Giants 
not only getting three points against wow. the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, your brother Fawad would be proud, even no. though he's driving me fucking nuts in the group chat. Yeah, I'm going to take the Giants' money line against the Minnesota Vikings because with far less talent, in the words of your brother, the practice squad receivers with Josh Allen 2.0 – I think it's a better coach roster. I have more faith in Brian Dayball against, you know, Kevin O'Connell and, you know, Kirk Cousins. You know, I guess you could say this is a quasi primetime game because at four o'clock it's, you know, everything in the playoffs now is an Island game. Um, is Kirk going to be Kirk or is Kirk going to become Kirby? I'm hedging my bets that he's going to become Kirby. So give me the giants plus three, give me the giants on the money line as well too. And I have the Buccaneers at plus three. Uh, right now on the unofficial sports book of the podcast, the Buccaneers are getting two and a half points at even money. Maybe if more money comes in on Tampa Bay, you might see that creep back up to three. Uh, but if you have a book and you see Tampa Bay getting three points and you like them, I would jump on that now. I probably wouldn't pay more than minus 125 uh, if that's the case, uh, because it's probably going to be juiced if it's plus three at any other sports book. Okay. All right, I'm going to have you help me put in a three-leg parlay right now, okay? So mm -hmm. I'm looking at anytime TD scorers, okay? Yep. Um, so let's do two anytime TD scorers and obviously the lock of the week, which is probably going to be what, the, the Bengals, right? Or or do you think it's going to be the Bills, the lock of the week? Oh, lock for this guy to score money a touchdown? Line. Money line. Money line? Yeah. Oh, money line. I'm going to oh, lock of the week. I'm because like, we're, we're the Bengals. Like, my thought process is I always like to have two anytime TD scores and a money line, okay? Yeah. So so let's go with um so Seahawks and 49ers, right? So McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, Kenneth Walker, Brennan Ayuk. McCaffrey probably? Yeah. Okay. And then let's see. I don't want to pick anybody out of that Chargers Jacksonville game. No, thank you. I mean, uh, if you're gonna pick anyone out of that game, it's probably going to be ETN. Okay. Um Stephon Diggs, Devin Singletary, Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox. Anytime touchdown scorer? Mm -hmm. I mean, I might have to go Josh Allen. Really? Not Stephon Diggs? I mean, I have in a parlay for anytime touchdown scorer, and uh, that parlay was on life support for the majority of the game. Okay. I mean, especially like in the red zone, you figure logic would say don't throw the ball as much yeah. in the red zone if yeah. you can run on this defense. Oh, so you see green, yeah. yeah. Okay, and then um, Baltimore and Cincinnati, uh, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, J.K. Dobbins. Ooh, I'm thinking Jamar Chase. I, mean, I think Jamar Chase. I mean, I think it's Jamar Chase or bust. Yeah. Okay, so Jamar Chase. So we got those. Do you two think guys. the Bengals would have like? Joe Burrow roll out on a bootleg just to no. kind of roll, rub it in their face? No, probably not. I don't think so. You probably um, get good odds, though. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay, so I'm going to do probably um, Christian McCaffrey and Jamar Chase, and then the money line is going to be, let's see. I'll take the Bills probably just, just to. For that 49ers game, though, if you want probably better odds, yeah. what's Elijah Mitchell coming in at? Anytime touchdown score? It's got to be plus money, right? Let's, let's find out. Let's find McCaffrey's got to be minus 120. So two of these scores. McCaffrey is one, minus 150. Okay. Um, and Elijah Mitchell is 275. Plus 275. Any, anytime touchdown? Anytime touchdown. Hmm. Huh. So let's see. So... All right, I'm going to do McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, and then probably Bengals or, or Bills for the money line. I'm going Bengals. Yeah, you're right. I mean, regardless, I don't see them, even if Lamar Jackson does play, with how well they're playing. Okay, so let's see. That's three right there. Um, so What are the odds at that? What odds do you get? Unfortunately, your picks cannot be parlayed. Why? Why not? What the hell? What are yeah, you doing... McCaffrey, Jamar, okay, and Bengals. That's so weird. Let me let me check let me check uh, FanDuel because DraftKings I feel like is really stingy. Like I feel like there's more flexibility with, with FanDuel. Yeah. So Bengals money line. Oh, you know why? Mm -hmm. Because you have Jamar Chase and the Bengals money line. Uh, In order to do that, you would need to make that a same game parlay. Uh, should I do the Bills? Yeah, I'm going to do the Bills. Yeah. I'll just do the Bills and see what the odds look like. Bills money line. 
Okay, so it's plus 296. So I'm going to put my $25 free bet. Pays out $74. That's not bad. That's my last free bet. My last $25 free bet on, on DraftKings. Okay. And I still got, I still actually have like $100 left on FanDuel. I should probably put some bets in as well over there. Yeah. Probably, you know, that's uh, now that you have multiple sports books, Jay, mm-hmm. shop around, see what mm-hmm. odds you get. Mm-hmm. I had to stop at two because I was like, all right, I'm only going to do DraftKings. Then I was like, oh shit. FanDuel suckered me with all their ads. I was like, every time I turned around, FanDuel was like in my face. Like, How many books do you have open there? Two. I got it's just, it's well, just no, no, FanDuel. No, 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 no. no, I mean like they're statewide. Is it like BetMGM, FanDuel? No, they're all DraftKings? open. They're all open. Like Caesars, BetMGM, all of it's open. Oh. Like it's a full gamut. Like So it's like, like the New Jersey of the, you know, of the West. <laughs> yeah, like I'm talking like typical. Like I'm ta- I'm seeing stuff like Fred Bet. I've never heard of those people. Like Bet Fred, they're they're overseas, they're UK based. Any like there's like nine different sports books like constantly in my face for the past week now. Like I'm like anytime I turn around on social media, anytime I'm driving on the highway, they're they're just there. And I had to stop myself at DraftKings and FanDuel because I was like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll just put $10 in. Like, I've only spent 20 of my own money, like, here in the last, like, two weeks. And I've gotten, like, $400 in free bets. But I got to stop that because eventually, like, I was going to keep, like, adding more and more. My buddy Andrew, I talk to him all the time. He has, like, four, like, sportsbooks open, like, on his on his, uh, on his his phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, he signed, hey. up, he signed up for, like, four of them. And I'm like, oh, bro, you better watch it, man. That's how they get you. <laughs> it's not bad, though. You're getting that free money. You yeah. odd shop a little bit. Yeah. I don't, and the thing is, too, is, you know, and you can speak to it because your, your boot's on the ground in Ohio. I feel like if Ohio State University was not there, you would not have 50 sportsbooks available. That's true. Like, it would be... It would be like Connecticut because, you know, Connecticut sucks, uh, <laughs> where it's just FanDuel and DraftKings and, and play Sugar House. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with like, because, uh, you know, I know we were having this conversation before Ohio went live with the, with the sports betting. You know, was there going to be any issues betting on college football or like college in general? And Ohio State has, like, I see all their odds on the college basketball games and college women's game and all that stuff. So they're, they're full tilt as well. Yeah, because Connecticut, the only time you can bet on a in-state school is case in point, it has to be essentially March Madness. Mm. So like, I you know, UConn has to be in the big tournament in order for me to bet them at you know at any point. Like I couldn't bet them in college football this year. Uh, the you know the Mo- I know Mohegan Sun they own one of the women's basketball teams. Can't bet on them in state. Uh, you know, it's just uh, it just sucks because it limits how much stuff you can do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But anywho, right. before we wrap, Jay, yes, you know, we brought up Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. You know, your boots on the ground mm-hmm. out out there with mm-hmm. you know the team up north, mm-hmm. and you know what are you what are you hearing? Because I know we talked a little bit offline, but like what you know you're hearing, you, you see the statement from Harbaugh mm-hmm. essentially saying, mm-hmm. as of right now, I'm going to stay at the University of Michigan, but everyone glances over the mm-hmm. as of right now bit. But yeah. like, what's going on with the program up there? Well, and how is that translating over to Harbaugh? Well, it seems like Jim Harbaugh's trying to, like, get out of Dodge. Like, I'm getting the vibe and everything that I'm hearing, like, obviously through Ohio Radio and just, like, you know, in general chatter around these parts. It seems that Jim Harbaugh, if he's offered a job by any NFL team, he's taking it and he's running. Like, he's pulling a Pete Carroll. He's packing up his bags in the middle of the night and he's, like, gone because apparently the NCAA has a couple of minor infractions open against the the Michigan Wolverines football team. But the problem is they have a major one as well when Jim Harbaugh started lying about the infraction. And that's always the 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 what what the NCAA is gonna hammer you on. It's not the actual like BS like infraction itself. It's the line to the NCAA that they will come down on you like an anvil. So he basically in the NCAA terms like kind of like pre jury is that what pre jury himself? Uh, perjured. Perjured. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. He perjured himself. Like he basically was just lying to these people, and now they're gonna come after him. So. I have the feeling that if the Broncos offer him the job or if the Panthers offer him the job or anybody offering him the job, he's gone. He's a goner, bro. He's gone. What are the infractions? Like, is it recruiting? I feel like yeah, recruiting is, like, like, hard now with the NIL. Like, Yeah, well, it was during the COVID times, and there was, like, certain stipulations that they're trying to, like, the NCAA was trying to have some sort of organization, like, some sort of structure about, you know, how can you recruit through COVID, and there's certain times you can recruit, because obviously when it became from in-person recruiting to online recruiting during COVID, you could basically recruit 24-7, and that's something they didn't want to do. So they were trying to have some sort of, like, structure on it before NIL came into play, and 
and that's when some of these infractions came through. Some of the other ones were like practicing too long or just some like stupid things here and there. But the key is when they came to him, instead of just being a man and taking his punishment, he started lying his ass off. He was like, uh, no, 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 I didn't do any of that stuff. No, no, man. You got the wrong Jim Harbaugh. That's probably John Harbaugh. Like, hey, me, bro. And like, so that's, that's probably what, what was going to gonna do him in truthfully. Okay. But, All right. But it feels like he's also like, even besides the NCAA infractions, I feel like he was kind of out already on the, on the. I mean, he like, was. He didn't say he was coming back until the day national signing day last year. <laughs> yeah, it seems like ever since they cut his salary, that's been up his ass, and he hasn't gone over that. Like, I mean, we're talking like two years down the road now. He's been mid- Ohio State twice. Uh, he's finally found his quarterback. Like this is the this is the best the Michigan Wolverines program has been in probably like twenty years. Like be, besides like that 0-6-1 versus two Michigan Ohio State game with Lloyd Carr and Mike Carr and all those boys. Like this is a strong Michigan team comeback next year. They they cleaned up in the transfer portal. Like they did really well and they kept their talent in house as well. And JJ McCarthy, I think, is gonna be a baller. So like I I, I think this is a weird time for Jim Harbaugh to step away. And I think it's pointing towards the infractions. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that makes sense. I mean, you know, it was funny. You see that statement come out, and then probably within the hour, you see, like, the NCAA infractions come out. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. So you're putting up the feelers of, like, oh, for now, I'm, like, I'm going to stay at Michigan. But, no, I think I think he's looking for that golden parachute. And like you said, if you hit it spot on. He's going to pull a Pete Carroll. He's going to go anywhere. Now, with that being said... Carol, you pretty much begged Carolina to interview him. Like, where do you see him like potentially landing? I kind of like him in the uh, in the Denver Broncos situation. I really do. I think he would be a tough nosed, like, good football coach for that team. Like, I mean, as much as we crap on Harbaugh, he's won at every single turn. He's won with the 49ers. He's won with uh, Stanford back in the day. He's won with mm-hmm. Michigan now. Finally. I think some of the bigger markets, like a Dallas or, or the Rams job, if that came open, I think that wouldn't work well with his personality and who he is. He's not really um, – he's an oddball, uh, to put it lightly. <laughs> to put it in the, Don't eat chicken. It's <laughs> yeah, a scared animal. Exactly, right? So he needs to be somewhere like in Carolina or in Denver where there's not that big of – obviously, they care about the football teams, but I'm just saying it wouldn't be the Dallas or the Los Angeles Rams with like spotlight kind of thing. So – I mean, Carolina could be a good fit, but I don't think the owner wants him. Um, I mean, truthfully, I'm kind of shocked. There's only two open jobs right now between the, I'm sorry, three open jobs between, you know, the Colts could be a good job for him. The Colts Midwest could be a really good job for him. So it's a homecoming. Yeah. I wonder how that would pan out. But I mean, shockingly, there's only three open jobs right now. So that's kind of interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, more, more heads will roll Who's, after playoffs. Who, who else is going to roll? Like, who do you think is going to be? gone like i mean and before you when as you think about that uh question i want brandon staley fired i i i I think brandon staley is gonna coach his way out of this i care if he wins i don't care if he loses what you did brandon staley with trotting out kenneth murray who's been hurt all year nick um joey boss has been hurt all year mike williams has been who's been hurt all year against a meaningless Denver broncos game like and you get all three of those guys hurt like dude you should be fired i was absolutely livid watching that game watching justin herbert in the fourth quarter they kept justin herbert in what, like, what are you doing like dude the whole year the chargers issue has been they haven't been healthy they finally got healthy locked up the five seed and now you went out there and got uh, bosa mike williams and murray hurt like what are we doing here bro what are we doing Mm-hmm. That's why my upset of the week. I have the Jaguars winning at home, but I, I think hope that's they the last. Upset. I think that's the last time you're going to see Brandon Staley on the sideline for a Chargers game. Um, the guy's so but, stupid. Like, I, it's, maybe it's not stupidity. Maybe it's arrogance. I, I don't know which one it is, and I hope it's more of the arrogance than the stupidity part. But either way, it's not good, man. I mean, I'm kind of chalking up like Sean McVay leaving, so that's going to be like the next coaching st- coaching vacancy, and then I think Brandon Staley is going to coach his way out of a, out of a job on Saturday. Um, so that's there's five. your vacancies right now. That's five. Um, you know, in my opinion, like the Houston Texans for anybody is essentially like a toxic waste dump uh, because they're always one and done. Uh, the Rams is falling in that category of toxic waste dump only because you know they 
sold out to win a Super Bowl, and that's great. They did that, uh, you know, mission accomplished. But, you know, Matt Stafford, not only does he have, like, the elbow injury, but it sounded like he had a pretty serious neck injury uh, during the season here. That's why he was shut down. Does Aaron Donald want to be part of a rebuild? I mean, they pretty much had to drag him back out of the, you know, out of the retirement home last year. And Sean McVay is pussyfooting around being like, I don't know if I want to coach anymore. I need some time to think about things. Uh, and then, you know, the, the Cardinals. Not only are the Cardinals looking for a head coach, but they're also looking for a general manager right now. So I think for Harbaugh, it's, it's either going to be Denver or... It might be Arizona. Now, with that being said, do can either of those quarterbacks handle a personality like Jim Harbaugh? That is going to be must-see TV because you can go through the annals of time and see how Russell Wilson may or may not have to have been treated with kid gloves. You know, Harbaugh's not going to do that. Like he's going to treat him like everybody else, and he's going to dress the guy down. And you know, Kyler Murray, same deal. I just don't know. Like out of the two which quarterback psyche is going to be able to handle that better. It's probably going to be, you know, Russell Wilson, but you know, the Bidwells need to put asses in the seats. So like, is Harbaugh going to be that big of a fan draw? Potentially. I think so, but I think he's going to find his way in the AFC West with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. I think it's going to be, it's going to be Russell Wilson because I guess I get it. Both, you know, Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson have some pretty big egos. Um, but I think Russell Wilson has been humbled. Like I, I, I've seen. Oh, he got knocked out of peg or two. Right, I've seen certain like press conferences this year where he dropped all the cliche BS and he was just a hurt dude. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. I, I saw that, and I think maybe he'll take that to heart, and maybe he will take some of the coaching and whatever needs to be done to basically win. I, I think he will. So I think I agree with you there. I think Kyler Murray's a lost cause. I think Kyler Murray's a toxic person. I think Kyler Murray is one of those fools that thinks they're bigger than who they really are in in regards to like their status. Uh, I think the guy is on his way out of the NFL because this is probably going to be, the owner's going to obviously take his input for obviously the next head coach. But when you get the input from the, from the quarterback, that means you better make this work with this coach because then both of y'all are gone, right? So mm-hmm. I think I think Kyler Murray is I think very little of him. Like I don't want to go out there and be um, even harsher with my critique, but I, I think very little of that man. Um, obviously not, you know. So so yeah, we'll we'll see how how that how that pans out. I mean, we said I, this I almost made a, a short joke. This I was like, you know what? Let me just back up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get slapped like uh, Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, you know, we said this, you know, years ago when we did the the mock draft and the draft preview, and I, I straight up compared him to the Bo Callahan character in that you know, movie that's so bad it's good, Draft Day. He is Bo Callahan in the NFL. Like, that's it, case in point, end of list, full stop. Yeah, like, I just, I mean, like, I get it. Like, Russell Wilson is a, is a very unlikable guy. I get it. I totally do. But, like, the unlikable qualities of Kyler Murray far, like, like far, far and away are much worse than than how bad Russell Wilson comes off. You feel me? Like mm-hmm. there's something about Kyler Murray that makes me want to punch him in the face. But then I don't want to go to jail for punching a toddler in the face. You feel me? Like <laughs> that, I, I couldn't help myself. But regardless, like I mean, I, I saw it from like year one. Like I, I have a problem with quarterbacks showing up. Everybody else besides themselves. Like I, I maybe it's the way I, I grew up watching football. When Tom Brady lost, the first thing he said was it's on me. When Tom Brady won, the first thing he said, it's on us. Like, I mean that's that's just the way you do business as a quarterback in the NFL. You're basically a CEO mm-hmm. of a of a Forbes five billion dollar company kind of thing. So like when I saw his body language year one, I immediately disliked the kid. And, and ever since then he's proven me right. So I just I, I think I think very little of that man. Yep, I hear you. And uh, that's about it, man. Uh, I think we we should wrap it up. Yeah, I think we're good. I think we've covered everything now. (laughs) All right, this episode of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube, wherever else you get your podcasts from. Uh, the YouTube page, be sure to hit subscribe and hit the little bell button. You'll be notified when the next, uh, the latest video gets dropped in your feed. Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well, too. 
social media wise facebook and instagram at pro football radio podcast the twitter machine at pfr podcast i'm on twitter brando underscore puma jay chima the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos is at jay chima uh, be sure to follow us on social media platforms. Hit us up in the DMs. You know, whatever. We'll be happy to chat about anything. And if the Chargers lose, as I expect them to, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you'll probably see Jay rain champagne down from the heavens because Sean that will Payne, mean let's go! that will mean anybody but Brandon Staley will be on the sideline for the LA Chargers. And at this point, it might be it, it'll be an upgrade. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like, we can't, we can't deny just how bad of a moron Brandon Steele is. Like, so I, yeah, I'm not even going to turn over about this, but my God, screw that time. We'll talk yep. to you guys next week. See you. Bye, Adios.